Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. Our guest today is Mike Bray. He's a principal business consultant for GP Strategies. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. So tell us just a little bit about your background in learning and training. Okay. I uh, grew up in the Coast Guard, U.S. Coast Guard, and learned the craft there. And I often tell the story that I learned to distinguish between training and performance there. And where performance is what you want to get out of people, training is one of the ways you get it. And so since then, I've really been focused on performance. And in 1995, I left the Coast Guard and brought those skills to focus on the Fortune 500 clients and have been doing that ever since. So a little over 35 years in the training, learning, and performance business. Okay, that's interesting. So how long were you in the Coast Guard? 20 years, two months, and 28 days. Oh, wow. Which coast did you guard? Or did you guard all the coasts? (laughs) I spent time on both the East Coast and the West Coast. So let's get into our topic today, which is strategy execution. And let's dive right in by talking about something that's all too common in many organizations, and that's strategies that fail to meet expectations and achieve the intended results. So why does this happen so often? I think, Jeremy, my observation is the chief reason is failure to understand the complexity of the change that a new strategy is going to bring. And that's kind of an umbrella concept, but wrapped up within that, not understanding the complexity leads executives fail to use the right tools for deployment. I mean, one of the things that happens is executive teams often roll out the strategy and then they get focused on other things, running the business day to day, things get in the way, things get distracting, and they fail to provide uh, adequate sponsorship. Often I see organizations who don't measure their progress. They just don't have a culture of accountability and a culture of using metrics appropriately within the organization. And that's the only way to tell if you're moving because every strategy involves change or transition for the organization. And if you want it to change, you got to measure both where you started and are you making progress down the right road? Okay, very good. So what's at stake here? What are the consequences when the strategy execution fails? Well, certainly the reason you're pursuing a strategy is to take your business forward to gain market share, prove profitability, drive stock price, something like that. So it's, if you fail, it's lost opportunity in the marketplace. Uh, your share price falls. And I think really the chief consequence, those things can be recovered, but the chief consequence is talent starts to leave the organization. They see the organization not living up to its potential or promise, and they start leaving. Right, which obviously can be a pretty significant problem. Strategies fail all, all the time, right? Even when organizations take great pains to ensure that they succeed. In many cases, companies can bounce back from a failed strategy. Would you agree? Oh, sure. I think fail faster is kind of the one of the mantras of the day. So if you have a strategy, you know, even if you failed, a good assessment of why you failed Was it the wrong strategy or was it poor execution? What was it that happened and then get back on the horse and get going again? Because the market's never waiting for you. You got to keep that assessment of what's happening with your competition, what's happening with your customer base, and uh, 
move your organization in the direction to meet your customers' needs. Yeah, okay. So failure can be okay as long as you learn from it and don't keep making the same mistakes over and over. Absolutely. Okay, but we don't just want to talk about failure. We want to talk about how to make strategies succeed. So what can business leaders do to execute a strategy in a way that gives it the best chance of succeeding? Well, I think it all starts with a good plan. And I say a good plan. It doesn't have to be a great plan. I think the execution is far more important than the planning process. But you have to have a good plan. You got to be clear about where you're going. It has to have enough detail so people can see themselves in it. You don't need to create something that's really pretty that you can put up on the shelf and admire because that's where too many strategic plans end up just sitting on the shelf. The strategic plan is a document for everybody to use in the organization, but they have to be able to see themselves in it. So it's got to outline where you're going, what's changing. It's got to talk about why, what's the driver, so people can understand how does that impact their piece of the business. They have to be able to understand how it's going to impact them. The what's in it for me question is always out there. And then it needs to be able to help them see what do they need to do at whatever level they are in the organization? What do they need to do different? And the last thing it needs to represent is how will I know when I'm successful? So what are the metrics we're tracking? What are the ways you're going to measure me or help me understand when I'm moving in the right direction? So the plan, you know, is absolutely key. I think that is the first piece you have to have. And then you got to get the organization behind it. That is the, the really difficult piece, I think, is, is cascading the plan, building alignment around all the key stakeholders, and then transferring ownership from an executive team that puts the plan together to key stakeholders that have to execute or lead the big pieces of the change or change themselves. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about that, about the alignment piece, because I think alignment is always really tricky, especially if you have a a business with multiple business units and a lot of key stakeholders who may be resistant to change. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what we're talking about here. Rolling out a new strategy is going to require people to do things differently, at least somewhat. So let's drill down a bit on that alignment piece What are some of the challenges that organizations commonly face and what are some best practices for getting people aligned behind a strategy? Uh, Key things I think that people face are leaders of a part of the organization who just don't get on board. They don't see the value for them. They don't see any consequences for not getting on board or the consequences are not that significant. And so they just isolate their whole segment of the organization and don't feel like they're a part of it. And that kind of drags everybody else down and and other parts of the organization can see that they're not playing, lets them start to question, why am I doing this? Why am I have to change? So sponsorship across the board, I think is absolutely the key piece of alignment that we would be after. And one of the things to realize is at the beginning of of a strategy implementation effort, you might have all the key stakeholders on board, all the key sponsors may have very strong sponsorship. But then as you start to change the organization and roll out the strategy, things start to change and sponsorship starts to wane often. So it's kind of a roller coaster of sponsorship that people go through. They can be on board, but don't know what the change really entails. 
when they figure it out, maybe they're not so much on board anymore and not aligned with where you're going. So you've got to constantly monitor where your key sponsors are and work to keep them at a level that's acceptable, a level of sponsorship that's acceptable to the organization to make it successful. So, and sponsors are just one level of alignment. You got to do a, a good stakeholder analysis to understand who are the key stakeholders. So a lot of times it's the folks on the front line who are actually meeting your customer or executing your key processes if you're in manufacturing or something like that. So it's, they may be key stakeholders as well, and their level of acceptance or resistance rides that same roller coaster as the strategy rolls out. So constant monitoring of where key stakeholders are, constant monitoring of where your named sponsors are. I think that's the, the key to the alignment process. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So what do you do when you're doing that monitoring and you are able to detect like, okay, this unit over here, they seem to be waning. They're asking, they, they seem to satisfy their support is waning. What do you do once you recognize that? Well, mostly it's root cause analysis. What is it that happened that moved them from a strong sponsor to something lukewarm? Why did it happen and how are we going to alleviate it? A lot of times you're not going to make it go away. It's a realization that their world is changing in a way that they don't see as beneficial. Maybe it's it's a loss of uh, power within the organization, a loss of credibility, a loss of resources. All kinds of things happen as you're going through the strategy execution phase. So staying engaged to ensure you you at least hear the concerns and you're working to alleviate as many as you can. Uh, you're probably never going to alleviate all of them, but it's an active process that says, you know, implementing strategy is not put the plan together, announce it to the world, and then go off and do your normal job. It's active day-to-day focus on the strategy and measurement of the key things that make a difference. And part of that key is, is stakeholder commitment, sponsor commitment to the change the organization's trying to make. So to what extent, if at all, should leaders be willing to allow that sort of feedback from the key stakeholders to allow that to change the strategy as it's being rolled out? Is that a good strategy or is it best for leaders to stick to the plan, stick to the strategy and really just try to persuade those who are you know, waffling maybe around the fence to get on board? That's a key decision that executives have to make. You know, is this a valuable player that we really need to have on board or is it better to, to uh, go ahead and replace them? Those things happen all the time when you're going through a major transformation in an organization. But I think it's often best a negotiated conversation between the leader driving the strategy and those having a hard time getting on board. So it's not wrong or bad to alter the strategy based on feedback. That's absolutely what you want to be doing because no plan is perfect. So especially when you get down to the front line, where does it land there? How is it landing there? And what are their perceptions and what feedback do they have may lead you to a much better plan than you started with. So taking that feedback and keeping the plan evergreen, changing as you need to along the way is essential. But sticking by a recalcitrant, especially if it's a named sponsor who you need on board leading 
the transition, somebody who just doesn't get on board and keeping them around, that's the kiss of death. So that will bring any strategy execution uh, to a grinding halt. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about organizational culture. What role does an organization's culture play in helping a strategy succeed? Well, culture is huge. I mean, it's uh, everything from the culture of accountability within an organization. So as I said before, one of the keys to successful execution is actually measuring where you're going. Am I making progress or not? And putting metrics in place so that most everybody in the organization can see, are we as an organization making progress? And is my business unit making progress? And am I making progress? How am I getting measured? And keeping those there. But if an organization doesn't hold people accountable, if goals come and go without being accomplished and there are no consequences, and that's how part of the culture, you're going to have a tough time with successful strategy execution. Because it's all about carving out what are the tasks in the next month, in the next quarter, in the next year, in the next two years that each individual has to do to move the organization to the place you need to go and then measuring them against execution and successful completion of those tasks. So that's a big piece of culture, but also things like decision-making. Where do decisions happen? The level of empowerment in the organization. Do you have the ability to make decisions on the fly that impact your work, or do you have to go somewhere else to get to the decision? A huge piece in helping with successful strategy execution, if I don't have to go someplace for a decision from two levels up every time I, I have a something that comes up that's different or new. So those are the two key pieces. I mean, the other thing is, you know, are you a values-based organization or not? Because the if you are, the, the values that you hold help people understand when their decisions are correct or not. If they're adhering to the corporation's values, the organization's values, then they can be confident that their decision will be backed up even if maybe they weren't normally the one making that decision. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it sounds like rolling out a strategy and then monitoring how that all goes can really reveal the strengths and weaknesses of of an organization, and especially of an organization's culture, and especially when things are maybe not going as well, that can possibly reveal some issues or problems that weren't quite as apparent before. Well, strategy execution is largely leadership's role. So if leaders are not leading effectively, strategy execution is going to be difficult. And it points that out very uh, blatantly. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make them bad leaders. I can say, I think my experience is most of the time, good leaders can put a, a good strategy, lay it on the table and get the plan out there, but then they kind of forget how much their sponsorship is required. And they are busy tackling day-to-day issues and problems and don't bring in strategy enough into conversations, into meetings. So it's this whole communication piece and focus around strategy. If you want things to change, and every organization today is going fast just because of market challenges and the competitive nature of the global market. So it's, you know, as everybody says, the typical analogy is, changing the tires while you're driving down the road at 60 miles an hour. Everybody's doing that. And that's the role of the leadership team. You can't spend all your time driving the car. You have to spend time focused on changing those tires too. 
and you have to be the one who changes the most to create that time and keep that message in front of the rest of the organization. Right. Certainly a difficult task with a lot of moving parts, requiring a lot of leaders, it sounds like, a lot of not just, as you've been saying, not just the initial plan, not just the initial rollout, but the constant follow-up to keep the focus on it. So what other factors can affect strategy execution, factors beyond learning and training and beyond those factors we've already been discussing? (laughs) I think we've hit on just about everything. I I would go back to (laughs) What I think the most important pieces are, I think the leadership and sponsorship skills are absolutely at the heart of every successful strategy. You got to have sponsors who understand the role of the sponsor, who embrace that role, who take it on and who work at it actively to be a sponsor for strategy execution. Communications, we haven't touched on that very much, but making sure that everybody down to the frontline employee, understands what's going on, what are the consequences, the whys behind it, and the impacts on the organization. What's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? You know, why are we doing this? What's it going to do for the organization? And more importantly, what's it going to do for them specifically? And then I think it's wrapped up in all of this, but just focus, right? Focusing on the change, not just on business as usual. Yeah, you know, you, you've mentioned the why a couple of times in our discussion, and I think that's so crucial, especially in communicating the why to all levels of the organization, as you just mentioned, because depending on your audience, you might need to communicate that why in different ways, right? Because different stakeholders have different things at stake in the rollout of whatever you're rolling out. Absolutely. I mean, some people will see the new operation as just more work for themselves. So at some level, you have to help them work through that. You know, the reward may be just that you get to keep your job. That can be the case. But still, what does that mean for you? How is it going to work out? All those things are critical to getting strategy executed because there's too many places for it to get shortstopped and, you know, somebody to kill it before it ever really gets going. Uh, And that can happen all up and down the the chain. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a, we're talking about a complex process and I think we have a better understanding about why these rollouts so often fail. There's just so much, so many puzzle pieces here. So we've covered a lot of ground. What would you say is the main point that you want people to take away from this podcast? I'd say there's probably four. Okay. Start with a good plan. And as I say, not a great plan. Don't plan to the nth degree, but start with a good plan. Validate the plan at multiple levels of the organization for not just its desirability, but its doability. Then enroll all the key stakeholders. So a stakeholder is anybody that's going to be impacted. And there are big groups of them that you can generally target in groups. And you have to transfer work to transfer ownership of the change to the stakeholders. It can't be the sponsor's job to change the organization to execute the strategy. They won't get it done. So you got to transfer ownership to the stakeholders. And that's part of that messaging for why are we doing it and what's in it for me and what do I have to do differently? Then measure your progress. That's one of the key steps is uh, that we are ones that fail is not measuring. So we do a lot of activity, but we don't move in the direction we anticipated. But key above all of them is just good sponsorship from the executive team. 
people who own processes, people who own products or own key parts of the organization that have to execute for the strategy to be successful. Those people have to understand what sponsorship of the strategy and the the transformation is about. And we have to monitor their level of sponsorship and their sponsorship activities and the results of that. So they may feel like they're 100% engaged and supportive of the strategy. What's most important is what does their team see? How does their team perceive them? Because that's what drives the team, not what's in their head. Yes, I'm on board. I'm 100% committed. I'm 110% committed. But what does your team see, which comes out in the sponsorship activities that you have to continually engage in? So that's the part that we have to measure around sponsorship, not just an assessment of I'm committed or not, but what am I doing that demonstrates that commitment so that my team gets the message? Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much for your time and for sharing these really valuable insights. My pleasure. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.